It's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. And if that doesn't get you fired up to break down District 1 and 2 athletics, then there may not be any hope for you. Welcome in. It's the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. I'm Brandon Bainey, joined as always by my partner in crime, Ryan Skaggs. What's going on, Skaggs? Dude, I miss... No no slight to our man Paul, but I miss Wayne Zubek. (laughs) (laughs) So the uh, yes, uh, last year for season one, we had Wayne Dezubak, who was uh, is a great broadcaster, um, and he was a broadcaster for IdahoSports.com. Uh, he recorded the intro, and uh, it was cool. It, it it definitely bumped, and it was it was a good jam. And then Wayne moved. Uh, he moved all the way to North Carolina, so he's not he's not with us anymore. I mean, he's that that sounded bad. Uh, he is. <laughs> If this was the Dan Levitard show, I think that's a $50 fine for killing somebody, but yeah, (laughs) he, so he, um, he is no longer with IdahoSports.com because he lives in North Carolina now, although he, you know, he said he's going to fly back every once in a while and maybe can help out here and there. So he's not completely out of the picture, but, uh, so we had to get a new liner refresh, you know, season two, all that stuff. And, um, if I didn't ask the boss, Paul Kingsbury to, to voice it, then, you know, he would have been very upset. So that's why I went with that. <laughs> and nobody cares. This is all behind the scenes stuff. They're like, can we start talking about North Idaho? Athletics? Yeah, it was just tell me about what the volleyball and football stuff's going on right now, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's all right. Let's do it. Let's start with football. Let's start with the game you were at last week, Ryan, uh, for, for North Idaho game night on IdahoSports.com. Lakeland was playing post falls in a very close, very competitive ball game. Post Falls ends up getting the win. No, um, Lakeland. Or, 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 yeah, sorry. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, sorry. Lakeland it's got fine. the <laughs> two Two weeks ago, Lakeland nearly knocked off Coeur d'Alene. This yeah. time, they do knock off Post Falls. This has been, uh, I think, one of the more incredible stories of the year in, in the entire state is uh, Lakeland really gangbusters. Yeah. And, and, you know, we had four lead changes early on in that game. And then Lakeland, what looked like they were going to coast towards the end, they pulled away and they were up um, by three scores, you know, with just about six and a half minutes, seven minutes left in the game. And post falls came back and made it a a one possession game. And and we were pressing late and that Lakeland defense uh, stood the test. But, you know, the stat line we were talking, uh, Brandon Fury and myself, Brandon was my color commentator on the call with the game. And, uh, it was the gaudiest of rushing stat lines that I may have seen in a high school football game in a long time. Um, I believe uh, Jake Bustamante, the running back from Post Falls, had uh, I think it was like twenty some twenty two carries for two hundred nine yards, um, and then he. But that wasn't even the best rushing stat of the night. He had t- a, you know a couple TDs as well, but then you had John Cornish from Lakeland who had twenty nine carries for 223 yards and then he had over 127 return yards um two touchdowns for cornish on the night as well and then you know you had thomas calder who was over 125 all-purpose yards as well uh with a couple tds from him so it was just a, a crazy offensive night uh, post falls just couldn't get the passing game going uh, that lakeland defense was pretty stingy um, obviously post halls was able to kind of rush at will. Um, but I think it was mainly because they spread out so much. It just left Lakeland with few guys in the box, but, um, 
great game. I mean, hats off to Lakeland. They are a great story. And they they um they play with a chip on their shoulder. It's kind of like us against the world type of attitude when they hit the field. You can tell they're they're but I, the one thing that really doesn't get talked about much is that Lakeland offensive line is as big as any offensive line in the state. I mean, they are they got some dudes up there like Preston Jeffs, uh the big tackle for Lakeland. I mean, he's over three bills. Like there's there's some dudes up front and he can move. There's some dudes up front for that Lakeland offensive line that just absolutely paved the way. I mean, you say road grader. I mean, this is this is like a buzzsaw running through a forest. It's crazy what these guys can do up front. And there's the podcast title, Buzzsaw Through a Forest. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um You're all good. Yeah, uh Lakeland was up 31 to 14. Uh, yeah. in the fourth quarter, right? And post falls yep. made a huge comeback, just fell short. Um, so a couple big turnovers from Lakeland in the fourth quarter, something we haven't seen from them this year was they turned the ball over twice, I believe on back-to-back possessions and post falls was able to capitalize both times. Yeah. So they, they were able to get back in the game and, um, end up coming up just short. Um, let's talk about the other games that happened in the inland empire league where, uh, the I think the game of the night probably was another game we had on IdahoSports.com. Game night on the Palouse with uh, Garrison Hardy and Jason Hansen. Lewiston and Sandpoint uh, through regulation. They're tied at 32 all. Lewiston gets the ball first in overtime. Drew Hottinger throws a four-yard touchdown pass to Jackson Lathan, and then they go for two. Well, that was on fourth down, I believe, as well. They got the touchdown on fourth down. Yes, yeah. yeah, it was it was crazy. So they line up, they go for two. Hottinger finds Braden Rice for the two-point conversion. So Lewiston's up eight, 40 to 32. Now it's Sandpoint's turn. They get the ball. Max Frank scores from two yards out. And then they try a two-point conversion. Parker Pettit doesn't make it. And so Lewiston wins in overtime by two, 40 to 38. What a wild contest. This I mean, was. it was shades of last year's game too. I mean, that was a back and forth affair as well up in Sandpoint, but um, yeah, an amazing high school football game. I mean, we had a couple of great games up, up North last week. Um, that being, I think the creme de la creme of the week um, was a, was a great ball game of two great teams. It's not, it's kind of funny. You look at who's receiving votes in the polls and everything. And you look at Sandpoint and they're one and three and they're getting votes still in the poll. And it's just like, but you look at their schedule and you're like, you're kind of scratching your head. Cause it's like, well, they've played some really tough teams that, you know, they, and they don't have many games left either. That's the other part that Sandpoint, obviously they lost one of their non-leagues. So they're on the back end of their schedule the next few weeks. They they're done in three weeks. Yeah. It's crazy to think about uh, in my personal poll, because I vote in the media poll every week. I, I still have Sandpoint number two. I've had them number two the whole season because I look at the teams around the state and I I really do think Sandpoint talent-wise matches up with anybody. You can't just look at the results and the record. Um, it would be nice if they you know won one of these games against 5A opponents. I guess we got spoiled last year when they yeah. you know swept or, or almost swept the 5A IEL. But um, yeah, I'm not worried about Sandpoint at all. Correct me if I'm wrong, but last year in the playoffs when they played Blackfoot in the semifinals, wasn't it? Didn't it come down to like overtime and a two point conversion? Did Parker Pettit score? Yep. Yeah, it sure did. That was a, so they, yeah, man, a great game. Yeah, they tried to dial that up again on Friday night, and Parker says that's all right as long as I get that in the playoffs, then I'm good, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know the thing too is it's a different play call from what Parker scored on last time. Um, 
on Friday night, but it's kind of one of those games that you look at. It puts the kids in a position to where they can say, Hey, we've been there before we've done this before. Um, you know, and it's, it obviously didn't work out into their favor. Parker got tripped. I mean, it, you watch that replay of that play. It, he's, if he doesn't get his ankle swiped, he's in, he's, he's basically almost walking into the end zone. Uh, the defender from Lewis and the D end from that, that defensive left side um, just got, enough clipping of that foot when he was planting to cut back up in the hole to trip him up and, you know, ended up a yard short of, of the end zone. Yeah, it was a, it was a wild finish for sure. Coeur d'Alene played Woodenville, the Woodenville Falcons from Washington. They get a 28 to 14 win. The game was zero zero at halftime. All, all the scoring <laughs> occurred in the second half. How crazy is that? Yeah. It's like they had to, you know, the bus leg from Woodenville had to wake up and then, you know, Coeur d'Alene just, finally finding their offense, but that's the, that's been quarter MO this year is that it takes them a good half of football to, to come around. Um, they did it against Lakeland and uh, they did it again this last week against Woodenville. And you saw it in their couple in their game against Sandpoint as well. You know, that was a close game at half in that one. Um, so quarter lanes, you know, it takes them a while to kind of come around and get their, you know, get their feet under them, I guess. I don't know how you else you would quote it, but like, um, they're still a dangerous team because that that defense is just so dang good. They're physical up front, um, and they fly around with the ball. So they're going to be in, in every ball game. It's going to be what team is going to be able to keep quartering shut down on offense for all four quarters. Yeah, it's going to be um, really interesting when all of these teams start playing each other. We've got one more week of uh, non-conference action and some pretty interesting, uh, you know, Idaho Washington matchups. Post Falls is going to play Mount Spokane. That's and yeah. Coeur going to play Union High. They're usually that's going to be yeah. His if I mean historically Union's a great team. Mount yeah. Spokane's a great team out of the GSL as well. So that's a tough task for the Trojans to go up against the Wildcats this week. Yeah, definitely. And then um, Lewiston this week will be playing Moscow in their annual rivalry game. That's actually going to be our game night on the Palouse on IdahoSports.com. Lewiston uh, at Moscow. Ryan, you will be at Lake City for an audio only broadcast on Friday night as Sandpoint takes on Lake City. And so that should be an interesting matchup as well. And this is something I wanted to talk about because it got me thinking today. Uh, I was doing another podcast, uh, our Treasure Valley uh, prep cast. And again, we have prep casts for every region of the state. So if you want to get caught up on what, what else is happening around the state, definitely check out all those prep casts. You can do that at idahosports.com, wherever you download your podcasts, uh, the idahosports.com YouTube channel, as well as the Facebook page. So we were talking about the 5A playoffs because we were looking at, well, how many teams from Boise are going to get in and how many teams from up north? And um, the, the way the 5A playoffs work is it's all kind of a predetermined bracket and everybody each league gets certain amounts of bids and then there's like two at large spots it's a 12 team field so long story short the north gets two teams automatically in and possibly a third could get in with the at large bid right because there's three teams we're looking at post falls Lane, and lewiston and they're all really good and really talented teams the way they determine the at-large bid, though, it's not using the max preps ranking. The way they determine you know, who gets those two at-large bids is winning percentage against other 5A schools in Idaho or out-of-state opponents that have 5A enrollment. And that's where having this combined Inland Empire League and basically having the 5As play the 4As is kind of a detriment to those 5A schools where 
you know, Lewiston got a great win over Sandpoint on, on Friday night. Doesn't it's, help them. It's not going to count for anything yeah. when it's time. Same to- with the Moscow game. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't help them at all. And so these schools are doing what they can, right? Coeur d'Alene, Post Falls uh, are s- scheduling a lot of Washington teams, right? Coeur d'Alene played Rocky Mountain and Rigby. Um, but for Lewiston especially, I think they end up playing, you know, two of the three 4A teams. And yeah. it's 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 hard for them to keep up when when like the Boise schools for example they're playing a 5A team every week because the league's yeah. so big. So that's well, where those 5A 4A matchups can be kind of a detriment. And that's, you know, something too that was discussed. They there was discussion there's it's happened two or three times about ending the rivalry between Lewiston and Clarkston because it for Clarkston it hurts them because they lose a non-league Washington game to play that game against a much larger Idaho school. Lewiston's playing a much smaller Washington school in that game. Um, Lewis and Artie's playing Moscow too. They played Pendleton, which doesn't have 4A enrollment or 5A enrollment in the state of Idaho. I believe they're only one besides the capital game. Their only other game that's non-league that has the enrollment levels was the team against in from Utah that they played against. And, you know, so like the scheduling there, I mean, I understand you can, even when you're up North, you kind of got to do what you have to do. Um, but some of that stuff, you know, Lewiston may have to start looking at playing some of the Tri-Cities teams or playing some of the Spokane schools again if they can get them on their schedule. Like Post Falls playing um, Mount Spokane. Mount Spokane's right on that border. They're a 4A school or they're a 3A school in Washington, um, but they're one of the bigger 3A teams. So I think they would fall into the 5A classification in Idaho. But playing Sunnyside, Sunnyside's a 4A school in Washington. So they're going to hit the enrollment numbers there for sure. Um but yeah, it's just, you know, with post falls, the way they scheduled versus Lewis and the way they scheduled, there's some, some big differences, I think in the, in the non-league opponent. For sure. And so it's going to be the, the, the conference games, of course, will take on even greater importance because of that. We all remember what happened last year where there was that three-way tie and uh, post falls ended up being the odd team out. And then they didn't get an at-large. What's that? They had the, the three-legged sack race on alternating Sundays. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, they had that. Uh, the Denzel you know. Cup. Yes. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, we could be headed to to something similar again this year. I just And again, this is just my personal opinion. I just, they don't really mandate the combined IEL for football, right? The schools have the liberty. Like Coeur d'Alene is only playing Sandpoint and, and yeah. Lakeland, right? They don't have to play Moscow. In the other sports, it's mandated. You will play you know, for soccer, volleyball, basketball. It's just my opinion. I I don't think it's working. Like, we should just you know, get rid of it. What would make more sense is for the 4A to play the 3A teams because they don't have the same rule and there's only two 3A schools now. I mean, scheduling-wise, there's it's it's not as big of a discrepancy on enrollment sizes and everything else, too. I mean, this starts the enrollment question again, like how we talked about reclassification. But, um, yeah, I mean, it. I can remember when I was in school, though, Lewiston was part of the Southern Idaho Conference. They were the only 5A school in North Idaho, and they were playing the Boise teams every week. So, I mean, that that was, you know, obviously, I think only a two- or three-year stretch they had to do that. But, I mean, we could be looking at that again in the near future, I think, for, for some of these North Idaho teams, especially if Post Falls ends up splitting into two high schools in the next five years. Yeah. So, I just, again, my opinion, you know, we tried it. I, I, to me, it didn't really work because I mean, what's happening now in soccer is it's it's so confusing. It's like in girls' soccer, 
the 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 games the four A's host are the ones that count, and the games that the five A's host don't count. But then there was smoke, and matches got canceled, and yeah, yeah, it's a mess. It, it's just a mess to try and figure out, you know, what counts as the league game and what doesn't. It. And it happened in baseball and softball with rainouts, and then you had different, you know, teams playing different amounts of league games, and it's just. And it hurts the four A teams now that everything is seated with max preps rankings as well. Yeah. So it's just it's a di- I think it's a disservice to everybody. And now I'll get off my stump and <laughs> we can well, move on. We'll to have to things. have a special po- prep cast of just doing the I think the classification thing again because yeah. it's rearing its ugly head once again. I think and we're only halfway through the the fall season. Yes, definitely. All right, other um, games of note uh, that happened from the past week. Uh, you know, really 3A, 2A kind of went as we expected things to go. You had a big battle in the White Pine League in eight-man football, Kamii against Clearwater Valley. Uh, Clearwater Valley had the lead after three quarters, but uh, Kamii gets uh, two short touchdown runs from quarterback David Clute, and they end up uh, pulling out the win 34-22. to And so now Kamii and Prairie are tied at the top of the White Pine standings, and wouldn't you know it, Ryan? They're playing each other on Friday. Yeah, wouldn't you know it? I said that. Hey, that's the game to watch this year in the White Pine League too. Um, but yeah, no, that's a uh, that conference is you know Prairie quietly kind of sitting there on the outside. I um, mean, they're they're hovering in in the rankings, obviously, but I don't want to say that they're getting. I, this might upset some Pirate fans saying this a little bit, but like I think that they're I don't want to say resting on their laurels. But this, they can't, they can't take this Cameo team like for granted. Like this Cameo team's pretty dang good. Uh, they they play a good brand of eight man football too. Their physical is all get out. So I mean, it's going to be a great game. I think we're gonna we're gonna see you know the who wins that game. Obviously, I, I say is going to ha- be how the conference goes this year. Um, so basically, it's essentially a game almost playing for home field advantage in the playoffs. I mean, if you really look at it that way, until you get to the semifinals. They're going to be hosting or playing, you know, playoff games as the home team, depending on how things roll. You know, you're not taking bus trips down south um, for the postseason. That's right. Uh, and, and the 1A D1 bracket, it's all determined by Max Preps rankings. The uh, conference champs automatically get in, and then everything else is just the next best teams, according to Max Preps. So, you know, there's a good chance that five teams from the White Pine make it into the playoffs, certainly. Um, and, it's an important matchup that the, the white pine to me is a little more even this year, you know, in years past Prairie has kind of been way out in front and then there's been parody. I think the, the pack has closed the gap on Prairie. Oh, for sure. You know, I look at Prairie, Clearwater Valley, Kamii, Potlatch, um, you know, Genesee, Genesee led this game 16 to nothing after one quarter and 16 to 12 at halftime. Now Prairie ends up winning 50 to 22, but a big key for Genesee there. And who, whoever thought that Genesee and Lapway would be at the bottom of the conference standings, both zero and three in conference. That just tells you how, how good the white pines been this year. Genesee, the key for them is, is there's four year starting quarterback. Angus Jordan has been battling injuries all year long while he was back playing on Friday night and Genesee had the lead while he was at the controls while he has to leave with an injury. And that's when Prairie takes advantage and really, so the, the margin for error is thin. And I'm, uh, you know, I only bring this up to say that Prairie was pushed by a Genesee team that when you look at it is 0 three in league. And so health is important for every team up there, but also, you know, I, I think 
on any given night, anybody can beat anybody. You know, the one team that we're kind of ignoring, I think, out of the north, we talk a lot about White Pine, but Mullen St. Regis, there they are again right now, kind of floating around, like hovering near the top five. And, um, you know, that team continues to have success. And I know that coach was like, oh, we might take our lumps this next year. We might, we're not going to be as good as we've been. But I mean, this team, they're scrappy as all get out. And I think that they'll make the playoffs this year for sure. Um, obviously, you know, they may get a win or two. I mean, it's, it's, you, nobody really wants to look at them. And I think they get slighted a little bit because they're further north in the White Pine League. But um, they're a team that could, that could make some noise, I think, for sure. Too. Yeah, I think we, we look past them and kind of look at like the pot latches and the middle teams in the White Pine. But yeah, Mullen St. Regis, um, you know, we know what Kendrick can do too. Obviously they're in D2, but um, there's, there's some teams out there that are, that are floating around that can definitely make some noise up North that don't get talked about too much. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because the D2 playoffs, it's all predetermined, right? The amount of bids from each district and where they're at on the bracket line, it's all predetermined. And so I, I've already started peeking at that D2 bracket and kind of figuring out where teams are going to slot in at. And um, for Mullen St. Regis, they've, their district used to be, you know, a, a three team conference, but now that they added Wallace and Lakeside this year, it's a five team league, which means they got a second bid to the playoffs. So the big story from that league is, that the Wampus Cats from Clark Fork are finally going to get a chance to make the playoffs. You know, the last several years they've gone like seven and one, six and two, with that yeah. like lone loss being to Mullen St. Regis. But because the league only got one playoff bid, I mean, that was it. And so I'm really excited to see. And of course, you know, they still have to beat Wallace and Lakeside a second time. But right now it sure looks like Clark Fork is the, the second best team. And so, yeah. Exciting. You know, and it's kind of everybody chasing Kendrick right now because what they're doing to teams is just absolutely they're they're a buzzsaw. I mean, like they are just rolling and uh, a well-oiled machine. And you know, Coach Hobart's got his guys just absolutely primed. I think for another title run, they they they're my state favorite as far as championship run for this year and probably the foreseeable future um, for the next couple of years too. But um, that that team is good. They're deep. But uh, I like I like the Wampus Cats. I do like. I mean, I look at some of these teams up north that got slided. We've been talking about it for the last couple of years. Like, hey, why can't this team get in? They deserve at least a shot at it. And uh, here they are. I think they're going to get it this year. And um, you know, that's it's something I think it's been well deserved for them. Obviously, you don't want to say things are handed to anybody, but man, if any team has earned like their right to play in the playoffs this year, I think what um, you know Clark Fork's been able to do the last couple of years is really noteworthy. Yes, they, they're they a fun team to watch for sure. And so uh, last point on this, and then we'll move into other sports. Mullen St. Regis, um, the way the bracket's set up, the, they would get a first round bye, and then they would be on the opposite side of the bracket as Kendrick. So the 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 path is there. Like you, It's not hard to, and Coach Stetson Spooner is going to hate me for saying this because he's like, we don't need to be, we don't <laughs> need to be. ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, you can look at that bracket and you, you can see a path where, yeah, Mullen St. Regis could definitely get on a run. Um, I, I really do like their chances. I wanted to bring up the the creative scheduling that Mullen St. Regis has done this year. They played, obviously, you know, with St. Regis being in Montana, uh, they have some connections to Montana schools. They played Superior, the defending eight-man champion from Montana in their season opener. And they picked up another non-conference game this week. It wasn't originally on the schedule. They kind of did this on the fly. Um, but they're going to travel to Eureka, Montana on Friday night, which is about 
30 miles from the Canadian border. It's way up there. It's like, mm-hmm. in, you know, Bonner's Ferry territory. Um, they're going to go there to, to basically meet in the middle. They're going to play uh, another eight man power from Montana Chinook. Have you ever heard of Chinook high school? Right? I have actually, cause I coached with Dan Lucher from superior oh, from superior. Yeah. 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 So like he's, he's told me all the stories about playing eight man football in the state of Montana. Okay, cool. So you know what their mascot is. I don't. Oh, you don't? No. Okay. I've so, heard of the team, but I didn't know their mascot. No. Okay. So Chinook, they they're always in these like um contests for like most unique, you know, mascot and most unique team name. And like David Letterman even gave him a shout out one time. Uh when I first started broadcasting in Montana, I had to broadcast some Chinook playoff games. They are the Chinook Sugar Beaters. And look at this logo here. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this up on the screen. <laughs> Check like out sugar that. beets, like Southern Idaho sugar beets, but yeah, okay. No, I'm following you. Yeah, but, so if you're watching the video version of this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, you can see oh. this Chinook logo I threw up on the screen. I love that the legs are the actual beaters. <laughs> and the head is an angry sugar beet. That's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And he's like got the he's got the like the gear things to turn the beaters on the bottom too, like that he's yeah. holding on. He's got the cranks in each hand, yeah. <laughs> That's up there with like Camus Washington's the paper makers, you know, Tillamook Oregon was the cheese makers. Yeah. And then you have Orfino maniacs, obviously I was a Bantam, which is a chicken. So, I mean, from Clarkston. So, you know, there's some interesting mascots. We could have a, that's a summer show. I think of doing random yeah. mascots from around the Northwest. But. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I, I just, I had to throw that up there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's, that's a good, I think that's a good pick. I mean, smart move on his part to pick up the extra game too and get his kids some more playing time. But um, yeah, I know they had a big win last week too. Did Mullen St. Regis. So, yeah. you know, that team's, that team's on a roll too. So take yes. note. Caleb Ball has been playing very well at quarterback. Um, yes, and, and, and that offensive line um, has really come along for for Mullen St. Regis as well. So uh, good luck to the Tigers as they travel to Montana for a non-conference battle this week. All right, Ryan, let's talk volleyball next. I know you've been kind of keeping tabs on everything. The annual Linda Sheridan tournament took place in Spokane last week, and a lot of Idaho teams went over and competed. There was the border battle as well. Uh, in Pomeroy. Um, and there's been, again, for volleyball, it's kind of like we saw in girls basketball last year where there's like three really good teams that all just beat up on each other in that 5A division. Yeah, but you know, the, the funny thing was is that you look at the 5A division, Lakeland, a 4A team's right in the mix with them. I mean, they're 16 and 7 overall in the year. And I mean, Lakeland's right in the mix with the 5A and 4A schedule. Um, Post Falls beat Lakeland in four sets. Um, and over Lakeland and that, and Kylie Monday had a huge game, 10 kills, 20 assists, five blocks and 15 digs, uh, and seven aces in that game. I and mean, that's like, that's a pretty gaudy stat. If you follow volleyball, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and then they lo- turn and lost in five sets to Mount Spokane from Spokane. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, post falls is, is playing really, really good volleyball right now too. Um, you look at like Lake City, they're out there, they're doing well. The Coeur d'Alene got a big win over Moscow in four sets. Um, Maddie Simons had 28 kills and 16 digs in that win. Um, so you know, obviously the the it's kind of separating a little bit. There's a little bit of a line that's starting to form now within conference, especially the the two other four A schools, Moscow and Sandpoint, have dropped a little bit and the, the better teams have risen to the top. But Post Falls and Lake City are looking super competitive. 
um, as we get closer to the end of the year. Lakeland already clinched the number one seed to regionals. So, and for a yeah, pretty impressive. And I know Post Falls was the preseason favorite coming in. Coeur d'Alene really started hot. They've kind of hit a wall lately. I know Maddie Simmons uh, missed some time with an injury, but she's obviously back now. Um, yeah, you mentioned Lakeland leading the 4A classification. Um, at, at the smaller levels, really Bonners Ferry is the, the team up up north, right? And they've, they've got a strong volleyball tradition at Bonners Ferry. Timberlake's 0-10. They've really had Not- a hard time getting going. As a... Uh- Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. Um, Genesis Prep is eight and two in volleyball, if I'm not mistaken, right now. And they beat Timberlake. I know Timberlake's struggling right now, but that's a that's a one A 1A school going up and beating a three A school. Yes. Um, Genesis Prep beating Timberlake the other night in three sets. So Genesis Prep looking pretty solid in in one A volleyball as well. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I was going to get there. I was just going. Sorry. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're good. I was going classification by classification. Okay. So, bon, yeah, Bonner's yeah. Ferry 3A. 2A right now, you know, St. Mary's and Kellogg. That, yep. That's going to be where it's decided. Uh, 1A, D1, you mentioned uh, G Prep. And, you know, I still Wallace always has a good volleyball program, too. So, you know, you got to keep an eye on, on Wallace. And then at the D2 level, really Clark Fork is, has traditionally been the strong premier program, right? Yep. Yeah, and they've been continuing that. And Genesis Prep, though, did I believe they beat Wallace the other night too this week already. So Genesis yeah. Prep's got a couple of league wins under their belt and a three A win under their belt. So the Jags are they're playing good and they're pretty scrappy and fairly young, if I'm not mistaken, too, with that lineup. So um, you know, definitely a team if they get on a roll later in the season, they could make a little noise maybe or, or surprise some folks down the stretch. Yeah, G Prep always seems to be. Um... Uh, eternally young. They always seem to be young, but um, yeah. yes. And then I, I should mention as well in District Two, right? Of course, um, you know at the one A D one level, you've got Troy, Potlatch, Genesee, and Logos has really come on all of a sudden. Four of the five ranked teams are from that conference. Yeah, That's yeah, so- and and to me, Troy is still kind of a step ahead of everybody. They're so good, and and they've yeah. got such a great uh, coach. Blazard does such a great job with Troy um, there. And then uh, the D2 White Pine League, um, really Kendrick has come on strong. You know, St. John Bosco started hot out of the gates. They've kind of faltered a little bit recently. Kendrick uh, looks like the team to beat up their 7-0 in the league, 8-1 and overall. The nice thing is, is that this year there's no half bids up north for the 1As, right? And we talked about last year where Wallace and Clark Fork both won their districts and then had to go win a play-in game just to get to state. And um, weren't able to, and that was kind of, I thought, unfair. But yeah. now the district champ from District 1 automatically gets to go, and then two teams from the White Pine League get to go to state as well. So we'll have three teams from up north in each classification. So that'll be nice that's, for the 1As. Great. Yep. All right, let's talk soccer. What's been standing out to you? There's There's been some wild stuff going on in the IML, um, but I know you've been keeping an eye on the bigger schools as well. Yeah, I mean, if you want to stay with the IML, Coeur Charter on the boys' side beat Priest River 2-zip. Um, the other gaudy one, Coeur Charter on the girls' side, continues to run rough shot through people, uh, beating Priest River 16-0. That's a, uh, a, I mean, we could be talking about a football score on Friday night. wouldn't surprise me, but the Coeur Charter doesn't play football. So. <laughs> It'd right. be somebody else against Priest River, but yeah. Um, but the, those stat lines, at least from from the IML, stand out initially. The Cordelaine Charters, the Cordelaine, on the boys' side, the the IML has been pretty competitive um, with Cordelaine Charter and Bonners Ferry. Um, 
Timberlake on the girls' side has been playing really well as well. But I mean, obviously, we top quarterly charter, and what they're doing is is just nothing short of pretty dang impressive. And you look at three eight state, it's going to be something else. Yeah, you've got basically kind of a big four and and really from the four different regions where it's Coeur d'Alene Charter from the north. And we're talking girls soccer here. Coeur d'Alene yes. Charter from the north, Fruitland, the defending champs from the Boise area. You've got the Sun Valley Community School from the Magic Valley and then Sugar Salem uh, over in the east. Um, four kind of big powers are all going to collide and converge and and. So that's going to be really fascinating to watch boys intermountain league, you know, Coeur d'Alene charter has had like a ton of draws lately. Have you seen this? They're, they're four and two yeah. and four in conference. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been, I, really looked at the, I was looking at Coeur d'Alene press this morning. I'm like, that's gotta be like, is that a typo? Like, how do you have four draws? And they've all happened within like the last two weeks. So, yes. Yeah. So they've, they've drawn with, St. Mary's and Timberlake and both of their matchups with Orofino this year ended in draws, which is just puzzling to me. You know, Orofino is kind of quietly put together a nice season three and three and two in the league. Um, but really it's Timberlake and Bonners Ferry, right? Those are the two powers. Uh, Timberlake has just the one draw. Otherwise they're unbeaten. Bonners Ferry yep. is five and one and they play tonight, Ryan. So we will recap that next week on the prep cast. Uh, As I look out my window and I'm like, man, that's, you get sloppy field soccer tonight. That's going to be, that's going to be some fun <laughs> going on. I don't know where that game's at tonight. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it should be, should be a good game. And you look at the girl side um, and, or sorry, the boy side staying. If you go to bigger schools, um, Sandpoint beating Lakeland eight zip um, and Sandpoint quietly, they're undefeated. I mean, they're nine Oh and three on the season and they played to a draw with Coeur d'Alene earlier this week too. So, the Bulldogs are uh, having another quiet but successful season up there in Sandpoint. Yes, and uh, of course the Sandpoint girls uh, swept Moscow in the regular season series, um, getting a little revenge from last year's district final when I jinxed the Sandpoint girls. But <laughs> yeah, and then they beat Lakeland last night five one. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, Sandpoint girls are are playing well as also. So. It'll be uh, obviously the district brackets are set. Pretty much number one seeds in volleyball and soccer are all clinched on the four A side. So, yep. Yeah. And then and then five A, you know, Lake City girls again getting no respect statewide. They should be the number one team in the polls. I I, I don't know what's <laughs> I, I, don't I don't know, know what why we're thinking, but yeah. I mean, it's a coaches poll, so I guess you know most of the five A coaches are in Boise and they probably vote with what they know, right? They <laughs> Pat see. each other on the back. Yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Lake, Lake, Lake City, Lake City boys also looking very good. And then, you mm -hmm. know, Coeur d'Alene is right there too. Uh, Super Cooper, Cooper Prohaska is always like, um, you know, getting hat tricks or getting two goals. And then he plays football too for Coeur d'Alene, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Kind of cool. Yeah. For and, sure. Uh, he's got a, he's got a decent foot on him too. He kicked pretty well on the, on the gridiron. So yeah. yeah uh, good to see. Like, I, I think the balance is showing, um, you know, in leagues, obviously, we're seeing Lake City run away with things and Coeur d'Alene Charter running away with things on the girl side. But the balance outside of the, the outliers has been fairly there this year, which has been kind of nice to see that the competitive balance is kind of evening out a little bit amongst the schools. Definitely. All right. And then last note, uh, District Golf scheduled for today as we are recording this. It's Thursday, September 29th. That might be postponed. Um, the nice thing is, is they've got a week to get it in, right? State is yep. next week. So um, they could definitely push it back to the weekend or even Monday. I know some districts around the state are, are doing their district uh, 
tournament on Monday as well. So we'll kind of have a recap of district golf for you next week. And like, like so many sports, um, it's just hard for the teams up North to go down and, and compete, um, with the Boise schools when it comes to golf, especially, um, but you never know. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Coeur d'Alene always has a really good outfit, and so does Moscow. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and Lewiston once in a while they come away with a couple of kids that can, you know, swing the sticks. I mean, Lewiston's a year-round golf town, so you kind of get away with some stuff there. But um, now the courses here, I mean, they it hasn't. I, we do like a weather report, and this is extremely amateur, um, but it's been raining most of the morning. But the greens here hold water so well, and it's been relatively dryish end of the summer so it's only i think our second day of rain in this month um so the the greens and, and fairways should be in pretty good shape i think that even they could probably get it in this afternoon if it rolls through so definitely yeah. so we'll uh we'll have a, a complete report for you on next week's edition of the prep cast so <laughs> yeah i'll do the weather report for tomorrow too yeah <laughs> yeah can you can you give me the five-day forecast <laughs> all right eventually maybe we'll get there pay me a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> right that's yeah that's not in the uh, job description it'll cost you yeah that's right yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> all right well that'll do it for this week's edition of the north idaho prep cast uh stay dry everybody up there up in the north and uh enjoy the competitions this weekend for ryan skaggs i'm brandon bainey and we'll see you back here next week for another edition of the north idaho prep cast on idahosports.com <laughs>